and welcome to Tea with Friends. It is episode nine. Today it is uh, ridiculously hot in Britain and uh, I had all my windows open and my fan on and I have closed them so that I could do this recording. Sit in here sweating. But you know, that'll be good practice for when we manage to get back to the Bahamas. <laughs> Today I am chatting to my friend Vic who got in contact with me and said, you know, if you need anybody to talk about theology or grief, let me know. And I was very excited because she's a fantastic person to speak to. She has so much to say and uh, a lot more than I could fit into 20 minutes. So hopefully I'll be able to get her back on as well. She mentions Yvonne, who is a friend of hers. I forgot to clarify that while we were recording. That being said, I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you enjoy meeting Vic. been up to today i've been working on a webinar yeah bereavement okay. friendly church oh nice and then just messing about trying to watch scandi noir and all that stuff oh all right i don't think i've ever watched any of that Do you know what i haven't either and people have always been like come on come on watch it watch it because you love detective stuff watch it and i'm like yeah but it's got subtitles on it <laughs> when i'm doing my degree i can't do any more reading I'm like, yeah. I can't. When I want to watch something, I need to just watch it. So now that my degree's finished for the year, yeah, put it on. I was like, oh, what was I doing? <laughs> they were right. It's brilliant. It's absolutely wonderful. What is it that you're watching? Um, it's called The Bridge on iPlayer. Amazing, amazing. I'll have to try and check it out. Yeah, because I can work out detective. Because I watch, that's all I watch is crime. Okay. About the first ten minutes, I've normally got it sussed. Oh really? This one, the twists and turns, no idea. Oh, wow, that's good then. <laughs> yeah, you get into it if you can. What are you doing? Because you said you finished your degree for the year. Yes, um, I'm doing a degree in theology. Yes, so fifth part-time, so fifth year. Okay. Just finished. Yeah, so six years starting in September. Okay. And is that the last one or is there more? That's the last year, yeah. Whether I do a master's or not, I don't know yet. <laughs> Have you been enjoying it? I've loved every minute of it. Every minute. Even though for all of it, I've been behind because John died and then Paula died and then yeah. dad died. I've now caught up. And even I still, I love all of it. Everything. It's been brilliant. Awesome. Yeah. So a master's might well. Just because you've enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't feel like I can stop yet. Okay. Because it's been such a constant. Yeah. For those many years and, you know, even in a pandemic, it's been the constant thing. And I've loved it. So why would I? It doesn't make any sense to drop it, I don't think. So, yeah. Did you have you have like an end goal with it or is it just well, studying? The thing is, when I started it, John was still alive. So life was very different then. Okay. So I've had to move. Well, now I don't really have any purpose in it as such. Obviously, the Lord has a purpose. Yeah. 
And if he would like to tell me what that is, I'm more than welcome. <laughs> um, but I i don't know. For me, it's just studying at the minute. Okay. I'm sure it will come in handy at some point, but yeah, I don't know. I am, um, because when you offered to do the podcast, you said, well, I'll talk about theology or I can talk about grief. And I was like, wow, yeah, you would be a really good person to like have come on and talk about theology and everything. And then I thought I couldn't quite find the right adjective to describe. I was like, extraordinary doesn't sound right. It's like over, almost like too much grief you've gone through recently, I would yes. say. Yes. Yeah, a substantial amount, I, I would say. Would you yes. like mind telling everybody what has happened in the like in your well life? in the last four and a half years yeah I think four and a half years yeah my husband died in 2017 and very very suddenly um and then a year and a half later my sister died by suicide and then the January just gone my dad died so it's been quite a rough couple of years plus obviously with everyone else living through a pandemic and all that that brings yeah um because you lose stuff in that you lose you know freedoms and friendships and all kinds of things that the pandemic takes from you as well and working have you just been working from home as well or have you been going in anywhere well uh, about a year after john died i because we had a business together and I was his PA. Okay. So when he died, I had to close that business down and didn't have a job, which some widows don't have that luxury. So I was very lucky in the fact that I had a year to try and, you know, grieve as much as I can and be in a place where I could go back to work. So I worked for Sainsbury's. And then just as the pandemic hit, I'd been doing some work for Atalos a couple of hours a week. And uh, Yvonne said, come and work for us. We'll give you some more hours and we'll pay you and you can work from home. And it was a no-brainer. Yeah. It was a no-brainer. What is Atalos? Atalos.org is a um, website for, it's a signposting website for bereaved people. So if you're bereaved, you can go on there and you can search by your age, your type of loss and your location and you should be able to find local services around you that will help you. Okay. Is that... I'm assuming that that's a, a good thing. Do you that do a lot of people take it up or? Yeah, it's yeah because we don't have good signposting to services. So there are loads of bereavement services out there, but they're just not. People don't know about them. So you know, if somebody dies, our immediate thing isn't oh let's find you help. Yeah, like we we just don't have that as a society. So that's what we're trying to promote is that there is. There's loads of help out there for people, but we just we're just not aware of it. I wonder why that isn't something that we as a society try and do. It might be because we don't really talk about death a lot and we don't really have those conversations about people dying and what happens. You know, we kind of ignore it. I mean, I was not expecting John to die when he did. Yeah. And and I didn't know. I didn't know anything and now I know so much and I'm more prepared for it but only because I've been through it yeah 
but it's important that we have those conversations I mean like now for instance I mean pandemic as well but now I have my you know I've written my will so that I've made sure that if anything was to happen to me it's not left to whoever okay I mean it's a little bit different because I'm a you know I live in a different part of the country from my family yeah so there isn't that support there but I wouldn't want anyone to have to have the fallout from me dying and not have things in place so yeah but I think as a society we really need to have a look at that and does that happen a lot if you've seen like when people die without wills um it's a bit it depends dying without a will is really a weird thing because if you're married for instance so John didn't have a will okay and everything came straight to me it was done and dusted okay but if you don't have a will and you have an estate that's when it gets really complicated okay um so i would so i have an estate i won't have anyone to leave it to necessarily immediately so it wouldn't just automatically pass to my family okay only if i was married so therefore i've got a will to make sure that they don't have to deal with the consequences of that yeah and then does at a loss find people to help with that yes yeah yeah they do yeah we well, I mean, we mainly deal with bereavement, but yeah. we can, we, you know, encourage people to think about, you know, because I think when you're bereaved, you do think about your own death more. It just naturally happens. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but there are there's loads of services out there that you can find. I mean, I did my will for free. Okay. Yeah. You can even get it done free. There's lots of companies at the minute that are offering it. So, yeah. And did you find, have you found lots of places to help you or where have you got your? Yeah, I have. Um, I, when John first died, I knew that it was too big of a thing for me to deal with on my own. Like I knew that it was going to, I had to have help. And so what I did was I emailed like five or six bereavement counsellors. Okay. And only one of them got back to me. Wow. And she has been my counsellor the whole time since then. And that has really been something that I've really needed. And it's been a constant, again, you know, I was talking about the constant things. Yeah. Um, and that has really helped me. And I don't think I would be as functioning as I am now if I hadn't have had that support. You write a blog and I've um, yes. read some of uh, your blog posts. And I seem to remember that you said you were on a, like a Facebook group for people who've been widowed what one of the things that um Yvonne pointed me to really early on I mean it was really early on I went to um care for the family are a great organization for bereaved people they're brilliant um they run a widowed young support ministry um and one of the things that they do is widowed young support um and they have a weekend away well they did pre-pandemic where you go and you're with like maybe 20 other widows and then and then you have helpers as well who are like befrienders okay and you listen to everyone else's stories and you tell your own story and they they walk they like mentor you through the different stages that you're going to feel and try and encourage you to think about life 
going forward um and then and then they also have a faith questions time where they have a chaplain you can ask any questions to do with faith in and then they have a little service at the very end but non-christians are invited as well so i went to that and that was really crucial even though i'd only been bereaved for like maybe four months or something so i was one of the the newest if you like out of the people but that was really important because it gave me that recognition that there was other people that were going through this that they were of a similar age and they you know listening to other people's stories are so important because they have been through infinitely worse things than possibly you have and there's a common feeling that you have that you know the depth of what they're feeling and they know the depth of what you're feeling and that was really important especially in my walk with God I mean it was just vital because at that moment I just didn't know where he was I could I just felt like everything was falling And um, the one that I went to was in Belfast because that was just the one that Yvonne was the chaplain at and that was the only one that was available. And she said, come on, come over, let's do it. And I went the night before and I stayed in a hotel. Um, And as I was trying to get to sleep, one of the things I do to try and get to sleep is I randomly look at stuff on Wikipedia and I fall down loads of rabbit holes and just go wherever it takes me. And this night I'd been on Wikipedia and I'd been looking at somehow I'd managed to get looking about sea mines and and I was reading all about sea mines. I've no idea why. It was just one of those things. And I was reading about how, you know, I was looking at pictures of them and how about they were used in World War Two and how there's parts of the sea even today that ships can't go in because they're still full of sea mines. Right. Wow. And they still have to navigate around them because it's too it'd be too expensive and too dangerous to blow them all up. So the next day I get, I get up and I go to this Christian place and where they are and I meet all the people and we tell our stories. And then there's a time for me to go out and it's right on the seafront, right? It's a beautiful place, right on the seafront. And I am like yeah. a bat. Like I literally like run out that place because all of the emotion is swirling. Yeah. And so I go and I'm walking down and right there, on the seafront is a massive statue of a sea mine. I was like, no, what are the chances? And it was like God just said, I see you. I actually see you. And that was pivotal for me. Absolutely pivotal. Because up until that point, I thought, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Care for the family. Brilliant. And they do breed parents as well. Those kind of things are really important if you are bereaved. I would imagine, especially something like losing your life partner, that it must be good to have other people to talk to because no one can quite understand it. No, absolutely. One of the first people I rang while I was still in the hospital was I rang Yvonne because I knew she'd lost Simon and I knew she would understand. And we had like maybe, a, it was only like a 15 second conversation. Yeah. But just, you know, to reassure someone else has been there someone else can do this they're fine they can you know it's like a, and sometimes I will ring Yvonne and I'll ask her really random questions yeah like I asked her about you know what do you do about going through their stuff you know all those kind of practical things that you never think about yeah when you have someone who's been there and who's done it it's great oh, I'm glad that you had someone straight away yes yeah absolutely and me definitely how was the grief different did you find that it was different say between like losing John and losing Paula and losing your dad yeah in a way it's the same but it's different it's one of those weird things so you know what's coming but you also don't (laughs) so like for instance with Paula it's really difficult and part of me thinks that I haven't dealt with it properly not through my own fault just because of the nature of it 
like with John, he was there every single day. You can't ignore that. You have to deal with that on a day-to-day basis. Whereas your sister, you're not, unless you live with your sister, it's not going to be that. It's going to be a bit removed from that. So then you have to deal with it when it comes up. And the thing about grief is, (laughs) grief is such a tricky thing because it comes when it comes and and there's nothing you can do about it. But equally, you can't outrun it. So sometimes I will know that there's some grief coming and I will do everything to dodge it. Everything. (laughs) I'll do everything to dodge it. But at the end of the day, it'll wait for you. It'll still be there waiting for you. There's nothing you can do but just go with it. And that... And that's the best thing to do is to go with it. When it comes is to release it because I knew that when John died, if I didn't let go of my grief, it would turn into something yeah. else. It would turn into bitterness or anger because I've seen it I've seen it with other people. So so yeah, the griefs have been different. My dad, you know, he was poorly, so we knew he was gonna die, which is obviously very different. It's not as tragic as John or Paula, yeah. but doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt yeah. less. And just because John and Paul have died and I know, kind of know about grief, I doesn't really make a difference either because it's a different person and it's a different relationship. And and grief will often, you know, hide for a while while you're trying to take it all in and then it'll appear. And I think with some of dad's grief, that's probably true. Okay. I think some of it hasn't hit me yet because probably because of the pandemic, because I'm not going out and I'm not doing the things that I would normally do. So I'm not going out to the supermarket where I will see his fate, you know, see his favorite biscuits yeah. and have a little cry or hear a song and have a little cry about it so that, it's it's so much i'm i'm so sorry um yes your blog that's what i wanted to ask you about so when did you start doing that started that the morning after john had died oh yeah, wow straight away i got up and i thought i need to release what is inside me because it's too big yeah. so i've got to get it out my system yeah and that was really cathartic very very good I mean those early posts are just heartbreaking to read like I don't go back and I haven't read them I've read some of them a while ago because I said oh you should read my blog and I thought oh actually that's a really dangerous thing to say because I've got all kinds of stuff in there (laughs) (laughs) because because I want to be truthful and honest about who I am and what I'm doing yeah that's been really helpful and I don't write as much as I did because I don't need to necessarily but when I feel a build-up, that's my place to, you know, if I don't have, you know, if I don't get it out with my therapist properly, yeah. sometimes I'll write a blog. Or, I mean, it's only an hour a week, my therapy. Yeah. You know, you can only deal with so much in yeah. that. And also, you know, it's paid for, so I need to make the most yeah. of my time with her. So if something's just peripheral, but it's bothering me, I'll stick it on okay. the blog. But no, blogging is was really those early days when John had died can't even tell you it was instrumental because I couldn't talk to anyone around me yeah because they're all trying to deal with it right as well they're and they don't understand and those first few weeks and months were very very difficult very difficult because I was in I mean I would say I was in shock for at least a year yeah at least a year I was in shock for but those first few months were brutal absolutely brutal and when you say that everybody else is dealing with it therefore not being able to help or not knowing how to not knowing how yeah and I don't know and I didn't know people say what do you need us to do well, I don't know yeah and that's what is really hard and we talk about that you know in my work we talk about bereaved people need your help but they don't even know 
what they need, right? I mean, practical, they need practical help, which I had practical help and it was wonderful. Like my church were amazing. They were just brilliant. They just did so much for me. But emotional wise, I didn't know what I needed. They didn't know, you know, everyone's working. We're going to church one day, the next day John's died. I mean, it's just like that throws everyone and everything. When you, if you did figure out what you needed, did you find it easy to ask or... Not as the months progressed. In the early stages, yeah, definitely. But I knew life has to go on for these people. Problem is life isn't going to go on for me for a while. Like I'm going to be stuck in that for a long time, for however long it takes, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's different. Some people might, you know, might have just gone back to work after a while or found a job after a while. But I I knew I needed to listen to myself. Because I thought if I don't, no one else is going to... I'm the only one who can get through this, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I've got to do it. I've got to make sure that I'm okay. And in order to do that, I need to listen to what I need, even though I don't know, if you know what I mean. But like feel along as you go. So it was fine in the early days. But then as, you know, six, seven months down the line, well, everyone's all... They're all doing their stuff, right? I can't ask them to carry on doing stuff for me. That's the hardest part. I I bet you could have. I probably could have, and they probably would have, but it doesn't feel like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure some people would be horrified to think, oh, my gosh, you never asked. Yeah. Yeah, that's why when, when somebody does die and somebody, I say to people, you can ring me any time. It doesn't matter whether they died four years ago and you're having a meltdown at 2 o'clock in the morning. Give me a ring. Yeah. Because I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be awake at 3 o'clock in the morning and having losing it and there's just no one and you feel like you can't ask people because it was such a long time ago i was talking to somebody and they said that it was easier when people (laughs) offered definitely what they would do specifics yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah because you don't know what do i need i can't even think about the next minute yeah let alone what i'm gonna need in two days time (laughs) right so if you're gonna say on tuesday you're gonna bring me a meal that's cracking. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to say, I'm going to invite you around for coffee in two weeks' time. Brilliant. Yeah. You've got to be specific with people, bereaved people, because we just haven't got a clue. We're all over the gaff. <laughs> like, with uh, Paula and suicide, how were people with that? Did, was there more pain associated with the people who loved her around that, or was it just the same? Um, it's the same. Yeah, it is the same. It's just a question. There's obviously there's a lot of questions, but it is a different set of questions that get asked. And it's hard not to feel selfish. It's really hard not to feel selfish when you're walking through that, because it's all about the whys and the hows and the ifs. And there's no answers to those questions. And they would drive you mad. You just have to somehow, and I don't know how, you just have to let be, let it be what it is. It's so tragic. It's just, I think that's why it takes a long, long time to grieve a suicide. Years and years, I would think. Because there are so many unanswered questions or... Yeah, yeah. And because it's so tragic. for the, I mean, for the people left behind, but also for the person who's died. I mean, you know, we, you, you never want anyone to be in pain. Yeah. And to be in pain in that level... It's devastating for everyone. How's how has your faith helped you, or has found it strengthened, or has it wobbled quite a lot? Or oh yeah, it's been very wobbly at times. And interestingly, it's the time it's quite strong around the time of the bereavements, but it's afterwards. The aftermath is where my faith kind of 
really struggles like at the moment i'm struggling not in that i don't believe in god none of that i absolutely do still believe in him but my relationship with him is difficult okay i'm finding it very difficult to pray at the minute like i've had a good few months where it's been really difficult thankfully this weekend i hopefully i've been getting on a bit better but that's natural for that to happen when you've been bereaved yeah difficult to pray because you have questions of god of course you do like you know why did this happen I'm not going to get an answer to that but it, bereavement affects every area of your life so there's no reason why it shouldn't affect your relationship with God what's um I want to know about your the stuff that you've been doing in your theology degree that you enjoy so much so what what's the the thing in the last I don't know in the last semester that you've done that you've it's really intrigued you or you've really enjoyed learning about well, it would be Christology. Okay. What's um, that? that is um, the study of Christ. Okay. And learning about just learning about Jesus is just incredible. And thinking about the way he works and the way he operates and the way he's involved in our lives by being a human being and yet being God. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. And it's great to think about it because you just think, this is impossible. Like, you can't think about this. And yet here we are trying to think about it. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> it's brilliant. And I love it when, like, there's a point you get to when you're just overwhelmed. You're like, Lord, you're amazing. You're absolutely incredible. And so, yeah, yeah that's... <laughs> I was going to say that's that's quite a deep one to try and let, get further yeah. into, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, to try and encapsulate that in a minute. Uh... <laughs> what, what what other stuff have you been doing that you've been enjoying this year? I have loved looking at. Um, well, it's it basically it basically biblical studies looking at the bible and the way that that has developed and was put together and all that kind of stuff is just it's such an amazing book okay. that i love that kind of stuff you know really in depth about isaiah because <laughs> it's so alien to us because yeah. we're not we're not jewish we don't know hebrew we don't know ancient culture. So when you, it's almost like going into Hogwarts. Okay. Like I was talking to my friends. Sometimes you're just there and it's just so different. It's like going into a different world. Absolutely brilliant. Fascinating. I was going to say, what do you hope to get from it? But I guess you're getting it while, while you're doing it. Yeah. There's, what, one of the things I love is there's a, when I'm writing essays, right? I, I, essay writing is really hard, especially for me who didn't do great at school. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's pressure, yeah. as everybody knows. Yeah. But there comes a point, every single essay I've written over the last five years, comes a point where I'm writing it. And all of a sudden, I'll be like, oh, yes, Lord, <laughs> I understand. I understand what you're trying to say. I understand myself better. I understand you better. And I realize how beautiful and how wonderful you are. And now I've come to expect those times. Okay. And it's always just at the end of me having a meltdown. Okay. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I've had enough. And then all of a sudden, click. Like, oh, 
yes, you're amazing. <laughs> but yeah. Awesome. That episode came to an abrupt end because, we'll let you in on it here, we had quite a long natter at the end of that episode because we wanted to catch up and everything. And so I said goodbye, or we said goodbye, at the end of our conversation, but I wasn't recording still, so there is no goodbye or farewell at the end of the episode. So I'm sorry about that if you didn't feel like it should finish there. Thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate all of the feedback that you are giving me and the fact that so many of you are listening. It's it's really fun to do it and it's really fun to talk to you about it. So thank you. If you want to get in touch, we're on Instagram at twithfriendspodcast or twithfriends at gmail.com. Like, rate and subscribe. That would be brilliant. And I look forward to seeing you in another two weeks. I hope those two weeks bring you joy. Bye.